fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You guys up for a soda party? Soda! Soda! I think they like the idea, Hoop. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Movie Nights with your hosts, Sean and Anna Allen. Tonight we'll be doing the 1972 classic, The Godfather, starring Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, and Diane Keaton. Is that it? No, you're missing people. Oh. People have much bigger roles. (laughs) (laughs) James... Con. Con. Robert Duvall, and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was a little choppy, but Hi. it was fun. Hi, Anna. Hi. I can't do a fancy voice like you can. I'm, I tried to do like the saucy kind of like cute voice. The saucy voice? The saucy like, welcome to classic movie welcome. night. Welcome. To classic movie night. Happy birthday. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> What's happening? Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Hey, we're uh, we're recording a little earlier in the night than normal. Yeah, it's only ten o'clock. Nah, nine thirty-six. That's early for us, though. Yeah. Our our baby's been asleep for an hour and a half. We had to wait, actually. We've been ready, but the dishwasher was going, and it is very loud, so we waited. Yes. But I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Well, first, Anna, we got to talk about ourselves. To talk about this movie. Got to talk about ourselves. All right, fine. We'll talk about ourselves. But Who am I? I just don't want to forget. Like, if you guys have ideas, if you're listening to our podcast right now and you have a movie or movies that you would love for us to watch and talk about, please contact us because we need ideas. And how can they contact us, Anna? Uh, we have our email listed on our Instagram, but what is it though? There's links on every podcast that I post. Okay. So yeah. To our Instagram, to our, I don't know if I have the email on there, but. The email is on our Instagram account. No. It's like, uh, I don't even know what it is. I think it's like classic movie night. Maybe I should make a new one. Oh, you don't know what it is? You don't have access to it? It's like classic movie night. At Ivity Studios. Studios.com or something like that. But Does it go to your email? Man. No. It doesn't go to my email. Oh, we should probably make it so it does. Probably. Yeah. Something like that. So just go ahead and like follow us on like Instagram and uh just shoot us a DM. Yeah, or, do or, that. Or leave a comment on this uh podcast. That works too. Sorry we're not as organized about that as Super we should organized. be. But I'm just saying, I really want some recommendations. It has to have been released before 1993 because it has to have, it has to be 30 years old. And there's no guarantee that we'll choose the movie because we have a rule that if both of us have seen it, we can't use it. This is true. 
So um, if one of us hasn't seen it, we must follow the rules. We might be interested. We might watch it. It might be weeks from now. We'll we'll put it on the list, but um, eventually we'll probably get around to it because I want ideas. Okay. Hey, Anna. Yeah. Yeah, coffee kicking? I think so. <laughs> I'm also just really excited. I don't think I've ever been this excited to do an episode. Okay, well, let's do our update. Okay. Because somebody wants to know about us. Yes. What, okay. what, what's new in our world, Anna? I got new jeans today. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what? When you're a mom and you don't get outside, new jeans are something special. I got the computer up. Did I get the computer upgraded before last podcast or was that after? That I feel was like after. it was after. It was after, yeah. Computer's upgraded. Sean built our computer. I think we've mentioned this yeah, before. We've mentioned that. And he made it extra pretty. You know what we did? We did talk about the upgrade. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It is extra pretty though. He's got all these lights inside. We should probably I'll, we'll post a picture of it to our Instagram. I'll take a picture cuz it's a really cool computer. It's pretty cool. It's not bad. It's a custom computer that done. you made. How cool well, is that? A, a lot of people do that. Okay, but it's still very cool, and I'm going to post a picture of it because we use it to record the podcast, so. Yes. It's related. Yes, we do. Maybe I'll even take a picture of you when you're editing tonight when we're, when we're done recording. Okay. What else is new with Sorry, us? Sorry, I'm kind of like readjusting a little bit. Um, Man, not much. It's been super busy and working. Honestly, I can't think of a whole lot this week. Bailey, what do you have to say? We haven't really been watching anything. The cat just came up. And um, Say meow. Anna, focus. The cat <laughs> always jumps up. She'll meow at some point. The cat button. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's not. I guess there's just not much this week, so we can move on. Are you sure? Yeah. Are our lives that uninteresting? Well, I mean, we recorded the last podcast and dropped it on what, like Monday and today's Saturday. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of, I mean, I had a handful of doctor's appointments for Owen and I honestly think I spent most of this week trying to clean our house. Yeah. It's just been, I repotted some more plants. It's been a week of trying to just, just living We've life. We've been to the store like four times. They're building. We, that a, doesn't usually happen. They started building a new back deck and so all of our outside furniture stuff is inside our kitchen area is a disaster. It's just messy everywhere. It's not that messy. It's not clean. It's not comfortable though. <laughs> um, and, and I've been repotting plants and like them doing that, they took out all the greenery in our back area. Yeah. So it's like just a cement slab now. So I had to buy plants. Um, because I can't live without green stuff around me. So I got some strawberries. I've never grown strawberries before. I'm excited about that. Got some herbs, got some flowers. And I saved um, some of the flowers that they took out. Yes. There was some periwinkle growing in the garden out there. And they said, oh, well, it's all going to be cement. And I was like, can I just have those flowers? Like, will you dig them up for me, please? So I can save their lives. And they were like, okay. So that was good. And she saved their lives. I saved the flowers' the lives. End. They are in a pot right now looking pretty sad because they're not getting the sun they want. But yes, in a few days, they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Cool. So. That's basically been it. It's been dealing with the back deck, dealing with uh, Owen, dealing with the back deck. And um, yeah, just trying to keep. Those are separate things. Just trying to keep things 
going forward. <laughs> and now it's time for uh for a movie. Uh... I never looked up the trivia. Mo- wow. <laughs> I haven't pre-read it at all. Okay, well, you do you do your uh homework while in the middle of class, okay? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the movie uh movie wiki stuff. <clears throat> so the Godfather is a 1972 American crime film directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who co-wrote the screenplay with Mario Puzo, who's like on the title. And it's based on Puzo's best-selling 1969 novel of the same name. Did you know that? I did not know that, and that actually like intrigues me a little bit. It is the first installment of the Godfather trilogy. The story spanning from 1945 to 1955 chronicles the Corleone Corleone family under patriarch Vito Corleone, 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 focusing on the transformation of his youngest son, Michael, from reluctant family outsider to ruthless mafia boss. That's kind of great to know that it's 10 years, like for sure. So it spans quite a lot of time. The Godfather made roughly two hundred. Ha, the Godfather has roughly made two hundred and fifty million on a six million dollar budget. I feel like uh, I looked this up on a box office mojo, and it said worldwide about two fifty, little little over two fifty million on a six million dollar budget, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's a good. That's um, pretty, that's pretty good. That's a. I take that. <laughs> okay, Anna, you ready for this? For trivia? No, we're not at trivia yet. Okay, good. Because I can't find it. The Godfather was nominated for 11 awards at the 45th Academy Awards. Winning Best Adaptive Screenplay, Best Actor, which Marlon Brando declined, and Best Picture. Wait, you can decline Best Actor? Brando who had also not attended the Golden Globe ceremony two months earlier, boycotted the Academy Awards ceremony and refused to accept the Oscar, becoming the second actor to refuse a Best Actor reward after George C. Scott in 1970. Brando sent Native American rights activist Sachin Littlefeather in his place to announce at the awards podium that Brando's reasons for declining the award, which were based on his objection to the depiction of American Indians in Hollywood and television. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Especially... Did he have Native American background? Now I'm curious. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But, um... But it doesn't... I mean, it does matter, but um, it's also, like, great if he didn't and was supporting that yeah either way he felt felt passionately enough that he refused the oscar for that look how cute he was when he was young he was so like overconfident jock boy (laughs) with that jawline with that jawline (laughs) so yeah i mean i i remember you know i've seen clips of it but i didn't specifically like i've seen clips of the native american talking of little feather talking and but i didn't 
know is specifically for Brando for that award. So who did get best actor? He did. Oh, he just turned it down? Yeah. He just didn't. Did he go? So technically he's the winner, but he just never like accepted the award. Was he at the? No, he wasn't. He wasn't even there. No, he wasn't even there. Wow. And Al Pacino also boycotted those awards because he was insulted that he was only nominated for best supporting actor. Wow. Which uh, Al Pacino, James Caan, and Robert Duvall were all nominated for Best Supporting Actors that year. Wow. I liked Robert Duvall a lot in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's so young. I recognize him a little bit, but I can't think what else he's from. I never looked it up. But I really liked him in this. Yeah. He's just one of he's one of those faces that you just know. Yeah, yeah, he's been acting forever and he's still acting. Yeah. You know? And I know his I know his name, like it's a familiar name too. Yeah. Um I mean, he's been in so much stuff that His like, character just like really stood out to me in yeah. this though. It was he was great. Um anyway. That everybody was great. <laughs> okay, Anna, it's Sorry. time for trivia, trivia, trivia. All right, usually I read these in advance and kind of choose which ones I want to read. I did not do that this time because I was obsessing over my next movie that we're going to watch next week. Um, so I'll just kind of wing it. Sorry about that. Fair enough. All right, Lenny Montana, Luca Brasi, was so nervous about working with Marlon Brando that in the first take of their scene together, he flubbed some lines. Director Francis Ford Coppola, did I say, no, Coppola? Yeah. Liked the genuine nervousness and used it in the final cut. The scenes of Luca practicing his speech were added later. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, he was actually nervous. Yeah, that's a cool one. During an early shot of the scene where Vito Corleone returns home and his people carry him up the stairs, Marlon Brando put weights under his body on the bed as a prank to make it harder to lift him. Wow. Classic. <laughs> That's messed up. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Marlon Brando wanted to make Don Corleone look like a bulldog, so he stuffed his cheeks with cotton wool for the audition. For the actual filming, he wore a mouthpiece made by a dentist. This appliance is on display in the American Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, New York. I I I think I remember hearing about the cotton thing. I, I actually thought that he had cotton in his mouth during the movie. I'm glad it was like a mouthpiece that was probably a lot more comfortable. Yeah, probably. For sure. Because cotton's like a choking hazard, too. You can't just put cotton in your mouth like that. Yeah. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Animal rights activists protested the horse's head scene. Francis Ford Coppola told Variety, There were many people killed in that movie, but everyone worries about the horse. It's the same on the set. When the head arrived, it upset many crew members who are animal lovers who like little doggies. What they don't know is that we got the head from a pet food manufacturer who slaughters 200 horses a day just to feed those little doggies. Oh my god, it was a real head. Holy crap. <laughs> that was a real horse. Oh my god, I'm going to have a panic attack right Maybe shouldn't have read that piece of trivia. That was a real horse head. What the fuck? 
Oh my god. Trivia, trivia. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not over this yet. That was a real horse head. I had no idea. Anna's, well, Anna's okay. Look of stun gonna, on her face. I'm going to skip ahead to this part of the movie really quick. When that part happened, Sean stopped, paused, and said, I know what part of the movie this is. And I was like, what? And he was like, the horse dies. <laughs> he had to tell me because horses are like my favorite animal. Yes. And I don't do well seeing dead animals anyway. I have, I have like nightmares about dead animals and stuff. Now, I have, so, I have, we'll talk about this a little bit more. I've never seen this movie. I just put the puzzle pieces together and I saw that part coming. Um, well, I was really, I was really um, grateful that you warned me about that scene. And the whole time I was watching it, I was going, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. But it was real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that, no, not getting away with that now. You know, no way in hell. Well, they don't even. I mean, they're they're not using horses for pet food anymore. Yeah, exactly. But you know, yeah, definitely oh different God. time. You know. Um, let's move on from this because okay. I need I need to not be sick. Trivia, trivia, trivia. James Caan improvised the part where he throws the FBI photographer's camera to the ground. The actor's frightened re- frightened reaction. Wait, did I read that? No, the no. actor's frightened reaction is genuine. Khan also came up with the idea of throwing money at the man to make up for breaking his camera. As he put it, where I come from, you broke something, you replaced it, or you rep- repaid the owner. I actually like loved that part in the beginning yeah. when he broke the photographer's camera and then threw money on the ground. Yeah, I was like, as a photographer, that's nice. <laughs> I, like, I, I like hearing parts that were improvised or not on purpose that the director was like yeah yeah that yeah you know it's always cool when directors are willing to just throwing the money on the ground adds so much layer to that moment too yeah like it's so condescending but respectful at the same time Mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a like it's just a thing you know yeah i have no i don't have the words you don't have the words. Trivia, trivia, trivia. The cat held by Marlon Brando in the opening scene was a stray that Coppola found while on the lot at Paramount Pictures and was not originally called for in the script. So content was the cat that its purring muffled some of Brando's dialogue, and as a result, most of his lines had to be looped. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny because that happens to us on the daily. Yeah. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Marlon Brando did not memorize most of his lines and read from cue cards during most of the film. As a matter of fact, Marlon, who was the father of method acting, was famous for this. He felt that doing a cold open type reading for the cameras and then using that very first unpracticed take was the best way to get an authentic performance. He did the exact same thing for Superman. The set for Krypton Krypton was filled with the cards pasted here and there for Marlon as he read his lines for the first time. Here and there. Okay, okay, okay. Do you got more? Yeah, I think so. Trivia, trivia, trivia. The smack that Vito gives Johnny Fontaine was not in the script. Marlon Brando improvised the smack and Al Martino's confused reaction was the real. 
According to James Conn, Martino didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Oh, nice. Which one was Johnny Fontaine? Like, what part was that? He was, it was when, uh, he's like the musician who wanted to be in the movie. And when he first showed up and he was like crying, he's like, I don't know right. what to do. And he smacked him. That's yeah. right. And well, he kept crying. It says he didn't know whether to laugh or cry. He just kept crying. Yeah. And then yeah. he stopped. Uh, in 1974, the film premiered on NBC over two nights, Saturday, November 16th, and Monday, November 18th, from 9 to 11 p.m. Both nights at 11 p.m., New York City's municipal water authorities had some overflow problems from all the, of the toilets flushing around the same time. Oh, man. Watch <laughs> out. Al Pacino's maternal grandparents immigrated to America from Corleone, Sicily, just as Vito Corleone had. That's cool. So Al Pacino is really Italian. Yeah. That's a, that's a neat little tidbit. According to Al Pacino, the tears in Marlon Brando's eyes were real in the hospital scene when Michael pledges himself to his father. That's pretty cool. Uh, that actually surprises me a little bit. That doesn't surprise me. It surprises me because there was a cut and like his eyes were dry and then a cut and then a cut back to his face and there was a tear going down. Well, it's according to Al Pacino. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying that I like because of the cut, I like assume like on set, like, okay, cut, put the tear in his eye. Here's, here's one that you'll like. Okay. Stanley Kubrick thought the film had the best cast ever and could be the best movie ever made. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it had a pretty awesome cast for sure. Like I didn't realize who was all in this and so many of them that I know you know with them being so old like I did not even recognize Al Pacino at first and it took me a couple minutes and I was like wait a minute is that Al Pacino Mm -hmm. and I looked it up real quick and I was like hey Anna we actually didn't even recognize Diane Keaton until right after we watched it and Sean was like oh Diane Keaton's in this she was fake yeah um, because she's so young and like baby faced. Yeah, and she was in it like a decent. Like she wasn't in it a lot, but she was in it a decent amount for not even noticing. So I think I'm just gonna read. Oh wait, you ready to move on? You got more. I have a couple more. Okay, trivia. trivia I just found one. Trivia. I found one that is relatable to what we talked about last night when we watched it. At the meeting in the restaurant, Solozzo speaks to Michael in Sicilian so rapidly that subtitles could not be used. Remember that part when we were like, are there supposed to be subtitles? Should we know what they're saying? Yeah. Well, that's why. Okay. He begins with, I am sorry. What happened to your father was business. I have much respect for your father. But your father, he is thinking old fashioned. You must understand why I had to do that. Now let's work through where we go from here. When Michael returns from the bathroom, he continues in Sicilian with, Everything all right? I I respect myself, understand, and cannot allow another man to hold me back. What happened was unavoidable. I had the unspoken support of the other family dons. If your father was in better health, without his eldest son running things, no disrespect intended, we wouldn't have this nonsense. We will stop fighting until your father is well and can resume bargaining. No vengeance will be taken. We will have peace. 
but your family should interfere no longer. That would have been kind of nice to hear all that. Yeah. I'm glad that they have it here. Yeah. Because now, you know, I have like two more. Yeah, because that's kind of an important scene. It's very important. That's why I wanted to read that one. Yeah. Richard S. Castellano, Castellano ad-libbed the line, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Mm. And then... One more. You got it? Um, I'm trying to find the one I wanted to read. Trivia. 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 <laughs> trivia? It's coming. Here's the one. This is the last one. Note the attention to detail. Most of the cars have wooden bumpers. Bumpers were rem removed by car owners during World War II and replaced with wooden ones. The chrome ones were turned in to help with the war effort. After the war, it took several years for them to be replaced. Hmm. I never knew that. I don't think I did either, but that makes sense. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. It's cool. <sighs> All right, okay, and that that concludes my trivia for the the episode. <laughs> now we're almost a half an hour into this podcast. You ready to start with the movie recap? I think I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to need your help with this one. It was a long movie, okay? And help, I mean jogging my memory and stuff. Yeah. My first note is, I believe in America. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, well. I think it was part of the, like, there was like a, at the beginning, there was almost like a narration, but it was like a narration by like one of the characters. Right. I right? don't remember that character's name. And he basically like. What was his name? I don't remember who it was. Is it? Uh, Do you remember who it was? Yeah, I remember what he looked like. If you can find the picture. We're looking at IMDb. Uh, well. I can't. Oh. Yeah, in either case, it was, you know, just like a... It opens with the guy in the beginning who's the funeral home director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he the... Yeah, it was him talking to... He's talking oh, to the okay, Godfather. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. We that's can't see was. the Godfather. Yeah. And he's saying... He's talking to him about how his daughter yes. was almost raped and um, instead of that happening, she got beat up really bad mm -hmm. and her face will never look the same again good call good call and he's explaining this in a very elaborate and detailed way to the godfather yeah and, and i just like whose face we can't see yet so so we've been watching a lot of movies and so right like there's a slow pan out when he's telling the story mm -hmm. very slow that just like right from it's the like get -go, a five minute scene yeah right from the get-go i made a note of this pan out because I liked it, but I was just like, okay, we're going to get some cinematography and some directing here. Oh, my God. You know the this the is, cinematography in this movie is so yeah, good. The, the, this isn't Mr. Mom. It so. is <laughs> before it's time. It's so good. Yes. And then, so my next note was, he want, basically what you just said, he wants the Godfather to kill the man who hurt his daughter. And he says, I can't do that. 
Yeah, because they didn't you, kill her. You come here on my wedding day and you want me to do murder, but we're not even friends. On his daughter's wedding day. On, yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a whole speech. I really liked that so, whole scene. So basically, he ends up agreeing to help basically rough him up. He had to he had to say please and yeah. call him Godfather. Yeah, after he shows the appropriate respect. Mm-hmm. And he says, one day I'll knock on your door. I'm going to need a favor. And that day may never come. But if it does, you better be open to whatever I need. Yep. And it, like that, this is, this is a movie that neither of us had seen. Correct. And I really thought that these like pinpoint... Uh, references would just pop into my head throughout the whole thing because it's been referenced so much and there's so many um, like spoofs about this movie. Yeah. But the feeling I really got with this movie starting at that point with the like you're going to get a knock on your door. Yeah. It just felt oddly familiar the whole time I was watching it. Yeah. There wasn't any like spoof that popped into my head except for one, which was Zootopia. <laughs> um, but I thought there would be a whole bunch of those and there weren't. Like I really felt like the whole thing just felt oddly familiar and in a way that was like comforting. Okay. While we were watching it. Yeah, yeah. Even though I know spoof- for a fact I have never seen it. Yeah, spoofs and nods to all the famous sayings and everything in this movie didn't pop up to me because I was so sucked into the movie into the world so quickly mm-hmm. that it was just like, like I think, you know, when he's like, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. Like that part was like, that's such a line. Yeah. Like we, we know that as like a thing that people say, mm-hmm. but it's from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had that brief moment. like, Oh, there's the line. But, but then, that, you know, that's the thing. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that when we were watching it, that line. Yeah. Cause it just felt so like perfect. It was the thing that needed to be said. Mm-hmm. And this movie was so well written. It was just, I'm going to say just now, like no. overall, the whole Ooh. thing was amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> We see the we're we're introduced to the wedding for the first time. We're outside at the wedding, and even during this part, like the quality of it isn't the best. But at the same time, I'm just like, I feel like I'm watching a wedding. Yep, it feels like you're there. I wanted to say too, this is something I've been thinking about all day long. The presence in this movie of family and children is constant. Yeah, they are always there Mm -hmm. and i loved that about it because it just makes it so real and it gives it this element of like there's always this innocence alongside all of the violence yeah and it's just this like complex world and you're seeing all of it you're not just seeing one person's story you're seeing the complexity of their situation and their habitat and where they are yeah, and I agree. I mean, while you're watching it, you're thinking things like it's not that long ago that Al Pacino was a kid himself and now he's doing all this stuff. And what's going to become of all the the other kids, all their children's children? Mm-hmm. You're thinking this while you're watching it because yeah. you can't help yeah, it. I, I definitely did have those thoughts, too. It's so 
it like burrows into you. Well, I think part of that too is like when we're first introduced to the Al Pacino character, Michael, like he's like fresh out of the army. Like he just got back from World War II and he's still such a young kid that wants nothing to do with the family. Right. He has gone to college like, and then joined the army and he, then come yeah, home. He wants nothing to do with the family business. He loves his family. He says that. Yeah. But at the wedding, when he's with his girlfriend, he tells her that story. He says, like, that was a true story. He says his dad held a gun to yeah. somebody's head to make them do what he wanted. And the way that he is talking about it, he's testing her to see what her reaction is going to be. You think so? Definitely. He is intrigued. Well, I, I, I he's, He says, he catches himself when he sees her expression yeah. And says, that's not me, though. That's my family. Yeah. But he's lying to her. He does not mean that. And he's lying to us, too, because we don't know that yet. Yeah. We think, and obviously, we both believed him, but I realized this after the movie, that he is lying in that moment. He wants to follow his father's legacy. Yeah. See, I wasn't sure if I totally got all that from the beginning. I was kind of on the ride that he legitimately didn't want to be oh, I was part too. of the family business. When we were watching it, that's what I thought until it was obvious that that wasn't the case. And looking back but, at but it. I, I even feel like I even feel like when he decided to really do what he did later on in the movie, it was because of what happened to it. Like what happened to his dad pushed him over the edge. Yeah, but I still feel like there was a slight desire. Maybe, yeah. Um, Excuse me. Anyway, rewinding back the tape a little bit. Um, so we're we're at the wedding, and then my next note is: Are these are those cops writing out license plates at the wedding? Yeah, that was trippy. I really liked that. Just. The way that they led up to like, hey, this is a mob family. The yeah. wedding is the wedding scene itself is so long and you don't really realize till you're almost done with it that oh, he's he's using the wedding as a cover to do like shady business. It, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the wedding is happening, but he definitely like planned for people to be able to see him and talk with him about illegal stuff I, under the cover of people visiting their house for the wedding. Well, I think that's also I think part of that is also though the fact that so many people from that normally wouldn't be like within his area were in town for the wedding. You know. That makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the people he talked to were definitely people who didn't live there. Yeah, not people that he saw on a regular basis or anything like that. So, but so we get the cops, and then um, and then we get a shot where the photographer takes a picture of um, of a guy, who later on we realize he has, he's a bigger, I he has a bigger role. Who was to play. that in the beginning? Wasn't I, it the the uh, Talia household? head i honestly forget the household head like you'd probably i think that's who it was but he takes the the uh he takes the film out of the camera and destroys it so i said don't take that guy's picture <laughs> and then we cut back out to the cars with uh 
with Sonny coming out and them realizing that they're writing down and and then they make a comment about it being the FBI. So, so ah, it's the FBI. Right, and they tell him to go away. Mm-hmm. And then we come back into the room and there's another request for the Godfather. Like you said, that at this point it's kind of going request after request after request. Well, he's definitely arranged to see people. Yeah. But... Uh, what was his name, that character that really wanted to see him and was nervous? The scary guy talking? Yeah. That was... Was he in much more of the yeah. movie? Yeah. He was in a lot of it. He died. He's was, the one that what, got Was that strangled. the same guy? Yeah. Okay. Was it... The bodyguard. Carlo? Maybe. No, not Carlo. No, that Carlo is the one that... Um... um Destroyed the picture. Lanny? Luca. Yeah. Luca, Luca? Brazzi. Luca Brazzi? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he requested to see the Godfather at the party because he wanted to tell him thank you for inviting him and pledge his loyalty to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was funny because somebody... What was it? Uh, Kay, who was... Or was it a kid? Or, I forget who it was, but they're like, who's that scary guy? T-? It was Kay. Yeah. Who's that scary guy talking over there when he was fumbling over what he was going to say to him? Yeah. Um, And at this point, this is when I realized that that was Al Pacino. Right. And I was like, man, he's so young. I just did not recognize him. And then we get some wedding fun with him dancing and singing and everything. And then Johnny Fontaine shows up. Mm-hmm. And man, does he draw a crowd. What's really funny is that I knew that name, but I didn't know why. Yeah. And it's probably just from references to The Godfather. It's a pretty like, it's one of those names. It's a really good name for that character. Yeah, it is. Because it's one of those names where you'll be like, wait, is that a real person? It sounds famous. Yeah, it sounds like a famous per- like a famous musician Fontaine. from that era, you know. Johnny Fontaine. It's such a confident last name. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows up and all the girls go wild, wild, and just performs a song. The bride is standing by watching. Yeah, it's great. And then, and then this is where like Kay asks about him, like, "Oh, how do you guys know Johnny Fontaine?" I just want to say this looked like a hell of a wedding. Like, if you're <laughs> gonna go to a wedding, go to this wedding. Yeah. If you're gonna have a wedding, have this wedding. Like, it was a party. That, I, I, I love the part with the old guy singing. Yeah. I thought that at one point, like, damn, this, like, I, I I legitimately had a similar thought to that of, like, this is a wedding. Mm-hmm. The um, only thing is the baker was going on and on about the cake, and I don't think we ever saw the cake. We we did. We did? We saw a brief, brief uh, image of the cake and then bringing it out. It was like a, the cake was probably, like, five feet tall or mm-hmm. something like that. Had layers with, like, pillars in between layers. I remember very. It was a very brief shot. It must have taken so long to film this wedding, like yeah. days. Well, I mean, like if you think about about this movie, like animated joke towards the beginning of the movie, kind of like what if the whole movie took place at the wedding? Because the wedding was taking lasted as long as it's it like twenty five minutes. But then this movie spans so far. I had no idea. But at the same time, this whole movie cost $6 million to make. 
Yeah, in the line of movies, that's not that much. Like in 1972, that's a decent amount, but it's still not that much, mm-hmm. you know, in consideration. But when Johnny Fontaine shows up and everybody's going crazy, Kay asks, who is that? And that's where we get the contract story that you mentioned. Right. Where where you, where, yeah, it did kind of feel like, is she going to be okay with me saying this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, I don't know if it was a test of, of just like, hey, this is my family. Like, I don't want to be part of that part of my family, but this is my family. Is she going to be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Or if it was like, hey, this could be our life. Well, and it's, I mean, I said earlier that he was lying, but it's not exactly a lie because he really hadn't done anything like that yet. Yeah. But I can see it in his eyes when I look back in my memory of that moment. There is something there that it's like a foreshadowing. There, There's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie. Yeah, which I love. Um, and then we get Johnny talking to, uh, to Vito about how he wants to be in this, this uh, war. Was it a war movie or Western or something? Um, he, he wanted to be in a movie. It was a major movie. Yeah, I don't it was remember. a major movie. He wanted to be in it, but they're like, no, he's not in it. But then Vito's like, just let me handle this. I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. Which one is Vito? Uh, oh, that's the Don the, Don yeah. Vito, the Godfather. Um, but th- then like Johnny's kind of like, hey, what are you gonna do? And then this is where we get the first. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Right. Him saying it when when Michael told the story, he said he made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. And but this is when we get the first real like I'm gonna make him offer he can't refuse. And then my next one was like, man, so many of these actors are so young. Because I think this is when I realized like who Robert Duvall was or something. Because they're sitting in the room in the background, Duvall and James Caan. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of was blowing my mind a little bit. And then um, we get the... That's what... I mean, that's the great thing about watching old movies that we haven't seen before. Exactly. And that's a big part of why we want to do this. Um. Then we get the wedding wrapping up. We get the father-daughter dance. and That's the last scene of yeah, the wedding. Yeah, that's the last scene of the wedding. And then we get the... I, this was actually right around the part when you made that comment. Like, when did the whole movie took place at the wedding? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember it cut pretty quickly to an airplane landing yep. in L.A. And then this is where we get... Um, where we get Tom, Robert Duvall's character, showing up to the studio to um, make an offer to the studio head to get Johnny the role in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the studio head's like, bro, like who who do you think you are coming here talking to me mm-hmm. like this? But somehow he gets a date with him at his house. Because he doesn't know who he is. Who and doesn't then, know? <clears throat> the movie head. He says, like when we first see them at his house, he was like, he's like, if I knew who you were, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have treated you that way. Mm. basically <clears throat> like if he knew who he worked for he's like i wouldn't have treated you like that it's mm-hmm. like i get a lot of people coming at me all the time um that makes sense yeah and then so he shows him around his house it's all he shows him the horse stables well he shows him his brand new six hundred thousand dollar horse yes that he plans to breed yes which is like 
maybe don't show strangers. I mean, he knows who he is, but like maybe don't show people your most prized possession. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> like that, you know, that seems like a close family knit kind of information. <laughs> but no, here's my six hundred thousand dollar horse that I bought. Isn't it beautiful? Like now you have all the information you need to destroy me. To destroy me. Um so after all this also it was a beautiful horse yeah after all this so he still says no he won't give him a role in the movie and then he starts explaining why which is basically like he had like a young actress who he was trying to build up but then johnny came in and i don't know ruined her for some uh, i don't know the whole scene was kind of weird but um which scene this scene at the dinner table when they're having dinner and he's like explaining to him why Johnny, why he'll never hire Johnny for a movie role. Right. I mean, easily it can be summed up by Johnny stole his girlfriend. Yeah. There you go. It, it, I, it was pretty dramatic, but he's like, Johnny stole my girlfriend. I'm never giving him the role. I don't want him to be famous. If I give him this role, he'll be famous. Yeah. And I want him to like not be successful. Yeah. And... and he tells him to leave his house. Yep. And then uh, Tom Hagen, Robert Duvall, he's like, well, Vito wants, when he gets bad news, he wants it quick. So I got to go. So, yep. And then a very next scene is the exterior of the house early morning. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is that scene. Yeah. The, um, the movie guy's house. Yeah. Yeah. And which we talked about earlier. Sean warned me and there was a horse in the bed with a lot of blood and we're just going to. Anyway, he screams his head off, obviously. And let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. And then. So it's disturbing. We cut back to. I'm really glad you warned me. I don't think I could have handled that scene without warning. Yeah. Especially we, now knowing that it was real. We cut back to New York. And then this is when we're introduced to Solozo. It's probably Solozo. Solozo? Yeah. I remember in Italy, they always do the double, double Z and it's a T sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, Solozo. Um, and he is basically like, t- he set up a meeting with the Godfather to talk about working together in a way but the godfather doesn't want to get into the drug game he wants to stay away from drugs he's all about the casinos and like alcohol and booze or whatever but no drugs right and then after this meeting some flowers show up and it's like hey johnny got the part in the movie right johnny sent them flowers yeah and then we cut to christmas time i'm like hey it's christmas time and then, uh, well, they're like, they're like out shopping, and yeah, there's Christmas. It just cuts music playing, but it's not like real Christmas music. It was a hundred percent of one of the biggest Christmas songs. Really? Yeah. I remember thinking that I had never heard that song as a Christmas song before. No, it was definitely a Christmas song. Um, I don't feel like you have to look it up. I have to. No, I don't. Sean's looking it up. No, I'm not going to look it up. Okay. It was 100% a Christmas song. Okay. But, and then we get, uh, we get 
Was it the was it Carlo at this point with the bulletproof vest? Him putting on the vest, or was that somebody that was? No, he was later on. No, was that this part? See, oh this my gosh, I, I, rem- I remember. So what's his name? The the bodyguard. Yeah, Carlo. Carlo. Okay. No, so. that's not Carlo. We established it was somebody else. Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. Luca. Uh, Luca. 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 Sorry. Yeah, Luca. We see. Well, these scenes are kind of choppy. That's why you're getting confused because they're chopped up. <clears throat> they're not like all one scene together. Well, no, but it's they're kind of braided. It's basically him putting the bulletproof vest and getting his gun together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to him. Well, the reason he's doing that is because the Godfather told him to get to tell the other family, the other main family, that he's unhappy with him, them, and wants to work for them, and then find out any information he can. Yeah. Um. Do you but, remember what that information was that he was trying to get? Um, it, it sounded kind of vague. No, there was a reason. It was because they had done something. Well, he just knew that they wanted to do the drugs stuff. I forget exactly what it was. Mm. I'm trying to think. But really quickly, though, we get the first brutal death scene. Yeah. At the when bar. Luca died. Yeah, when he's like, like they, they see right through him immediately. I think I was saying like, oh, my God, oh, my God, while we were watching yeah. it. It's scary. But it's like things start happening so quick mm-hmm. from the first chunk of this movie. Which right? is great because the wedding scene was kind of slow. Yeah. It wasn't terribly slow, but nothing's really happened yet. And then it's like, oh, shit, we're getting the action now. And it's like disturbing. Yeah, this like, okay, okay, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, where are we going? And then right after that scene, we get the... That tr- scene was scary. Can I? Can we just talk about it in detail a little bit? Because oh, it yeah, was really yeah, scary. They literally, like, he's having this meeting. They tell him they want to hire him <clears throat> for their household as a bodyguard. They're going to start him at 50000 a year. Yes. Which is, like, not that much now, but a well, lot then. now it's... a good amount 1972 yeah well that's what i mean like for us now fifty thousand isn't that much but back then it was it was probably like a million yeah well it wasn't that (laughs) it was a lot it doesn't matter anyway he's gonna take the deal they make him feel comfortable and then they stab him in his the hand so he's stuck and strangle him from the behind and his eyes are like popping out of his head. Yeah. It's so scary. And you see like the whole thing. Yeah, it lingers on. You it. hear him trying to catch his breath. It is vivid. Like you hear the wheezing sound. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Well, a lot of the death scenes in this movie were pretty vivid. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Well, it, that's what I was going to say that, too, because um, I felt like watching this, some of the fight scenes were not great. They were obviously very staged. Yeah. But the deaths and, like, the the murder was so real, aside from, like, the red, red blood. But even that made it, like, traumatizing to watch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh it was very bloody. So quickly after that scene, we go to like the Godfather getting ready to leave, and we realize that his or 
his regular driver had called in sick, so he had a different driver and stuff. And they go outside, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go buy some fruit and veggies or something. And then he gets shot in the back, which I wasn't ex- like, I was like, oh, is he dead? Like, does he die this early in the movie? Like, what? Who was it? When the Godfather gets shot. When right. When Vito gets shot in the back. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. I was taken by surprise. And then I was really surprised when he lived because they shot him like five times. Yeah. So. And Michael finds out he's out like on a date with Kay and they walk past a newsstand. It's like she saw the newspaper or something and pointed it out to him and he calls home. And mm. they're like, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Wasn't so. Sonny with him when he got shot? No, it was like the driver. It was like just the, the driver? backup driver. It was just, was it? Yeah, it was just, uh, <clears throat> I forget who was with him exactly. I forget the character, but. I thought I, while I was watching it, was I it thought Fre- his was son was with him. No, it was Fredo. Okay. Might have been. Damn. Anyway. The way that people are standing around in that scene, the way that standbyers watch the violent scenes in this movie is so real. You think so? Yeah. If, and when you're watching it, you feel like you're one of them. Yeah. You feel like you're standing there. They put the camera in a place where somebody could be standing and it's us. <clears throat> I think part of that is like, I feel like he made a decision to kind of to linger. Mm-hmm. You know, when stuff was happening like that, there wasn't a bunch of fast cuts or anything. It kind of slowed down. Mm hmm. And lingered on it so that you're like feeling that effect of it. You're not being distracted by quick cuts or anything like right, that. Right. You're you there. Know? You're not watching a movie. You're there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have like a pretty, we, we deal with some aftermath of the shooting. There's a lot of, ha- there's a lot happening here. It's kind of hard to take notes at this point. My my main thing that sticks out in my mind is that Michael called home. Sonny answered. Sonny's baby is crying, so he has a family. Yeah. Um, and that's the only time we really see Sonny's family. Um, with like emphasis on them. Yeah. And they he tells them, yeah, come home. Like mom needs you. They're always talking about mama, but she never even has a line. <laughs> She doesn't? I don't think so. Um, but it's always like, mama's crying. Mama needs you. Yeah. Come home for mama. Yeah. Um, so I was... Yeah, he comes home. He tells his girlfriend to go to her parents. No, that's not till later. He just excuses himself from her, basically, and is like, I gotta go home. Yeah. yeah. So... And then, uh, and then this is where we like officially figured out that it was um Solozzo that tried to kill him tried to have him killed mm-hmm. um also this is random but it just popped into my head I thought this was my first Al Pacino movie ever because I'm watching it and I didn't recognize him at all yeah. the only other Al Pacino movie I've actually seen is Don Juan DeMarco. Classic. <laughs> Which I loved when I was a kid, but yeah. I tried to rewatch it a while later and it's, I don't know, not my favorite anymore. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's a huge age difference for him, which is why I didn't recognize him at all. Anyway. Um. Okay. And then, and then we quickly find out that the Godfather is still alive, and he's going to pull through. We f- we find out who was trying to take him out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it was uh, Solozzo. Mm-hmm. And then we figure out okay, he's going to live. And then this is where we get a well. Hit. We don't we don't know that he's going to live at this point. We just know that he's still alive. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's what I wrote. I wrote Godfather still alive, but he does live. Yeah. So. And then this is where we get kind of the first real hint of what year it actually is. And I wrote down 1945 because they said it was almost 1946. So I was mm. like, oh, okay. Because I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. What year they this definitely was had that in. line in there for that reason. So we would yeah. know. And, and then, I'm like, oh, it's World War II. And Sean's like, yeah. Yeah. So. And then so they're uh, gathered around kind of talking about what to do next and stuff. And then this is when they get They're the, trying to get hold of Luca because nobody knows where he is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And well, they, Michael they, keeps calling him. They, they they say like call him again call him again because he's not picking up and he's supposed to be there yeah and then the, then they get the mail somebody has a delivery at the gate right and they send one of the dudes out to go get it and it's just uh luca's vest his bulletproof vest with some fish yeah the the bulletproof re- vest is wrapped around a couple fish and they say and he's that's like, a Sicilian warrant, uh, Sicilian warning or a Sicilian well, no, so, message. Yes, yeah, so, Sonny's like, "What does this mean?" And then somebody was like, "Yeah, Means Sicilian he's sleeping message." Sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> and then, um, and then, so my next note is they killed the kid. You're talking about the the driver, driver, yeah, the one who called out sick that day. They think something ha- had. They think that he had something to do with it. Yeah. So they just basically drive him in a car way out in the middle of nowhere and tell him that they have the, what was that one guy's name? Which guy? The one that got out to go pee. Clemenza? Yeah, Clemenza gets out and is going, you know, he goes pee and then the guy in the back shoots the driver. Yep. Who's a young kid. Younger guy for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my next note is dinner. Do you remember this dinner scene? Is this when they're at the family dinner and like... We don't talk business at yeah, the table. Yeah, we don't talk business. Is this that part? This is when we find out like... This is where we see that uh, the sister's husband, the one who got married... His jerk face. At the beginning is like not nice to her he keeps saying things to her like just shut up and set the table and um yeah at one point while they're having dinner he tells her to shut up and sunny like, says don't ever tell her to shut up yeah it's like what you tell my sister to shut up yeah like what um so okay so we got that dinner scene and then um michael goes to the hospital and the hospital is weirdly empty it's eerie. Yeah. When that scene happened, I was like, this feels like a weird dream that he's stepping into. I thought that he was going to walk in, like walk into people being dead. I did, at, too. So, at some point or something. I did, too. I was, like, scared. It was... um, 
very ominous scene there's even yeah. like a somebody's hot coffee and a sandwich left untouched in a room with a record player playing and it's uh skipping yeah like it's creepy and then he walks more down the hallway finds the chairs where the guards were sitting outside his father's door knows that that's his dad's room now yeah. and goes in there and um i was like very skeptical of the nurse at this point because she's she's just like oh they just left whatever and i'm no, like did she had something to do with she, it she she says that the police made everybody leave right but yeah. she didn't um and, then, and they move her to a they move uh the godfather to a different room to protect him because mm-hmm. michael knows that he's, if the hospital's unprotected people are going to know that well, and come for him well he knows he he looks at her he's like he's like they basically they police made everybody leave so they could come and kill him mm-hmm. we have to move him mm-hmm. so they move him to a different room and uh he's watching for anybody to show up and, and then, who does show up enzo the baker the baker um and the baker says hey you know, he's telling him, get out of here, man. You can't be here. There's shit's about to go down. And the the baker, who is just like the bravest dude ever, because he's not <laughs> used to this stuff, says, well, what if I can help you? I want to help you. And Michael's like, you know what? Yeah, I do need help. So he tells him to go outside and wait for him. Um, And then we have that kind of endearing scene between father and son where Al Pacino and Marlon Brando... Um, the godfather wakes up for a minute and they have a little conversation. He tells him, dad, I'm here with you. Like, I'm here now. I'm not going anywhere. And like, I love you. Yeah. And Marlon Brando can't talk that much, but he cries. Yeah. And he's smiling. Like, he's happy that his son is there. I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. This was, well, go ahead. Because I think he's happy. He's happy. Michael's his favorite. He's happy Michael's there. And he's happy that Michael is standing up like, I got you. But at the same time, I think that he's sad. Right. That it's Michael. Right. And I think that's true throughout the entire movie. Yeah, because he doesn't want Michael to be part of the business. Right. He wanted him to be a senator or something. And they talk about that later. Like he wanted him to be the clean one. Because one thing, one thing you learn watching this movie is, is Vito, he's he doesn't love his life. Which how could he? He's a bad person, and he doesn't want that life for his son. Yeah, and like he, he like he knows what he has to do, and he does what he has to do and do. But you could kind of just tell that he, like, he has his own code of honor. Right. And he'd rather do things honorably. In and his mind, everything he does is for his family. Yeah, but like staying out of the drugs, like it's because he finds that to be like like too messy. Too yeah, too messy and it, He said know. it's too dangerous. What you're doing is dangerous. Yeah. And, and and like earlier in the movie when he refused to kill those guys who did that to the dude's daughter because he was like, "No, they don't deserve death because they didn't he said it's well the guy said i want justice and he said that's not justice your daughter's still alive yeah like if you're looking for an eye for an eye that's more than an eye yeah so he definitely has a code that he lives by for sure it's it's a 
it's not it's not the best code but it's a code yeah well but you could tell that there's more honor with him than with like the other houses yeah that's true you know that's well, true um anyway back to the hospital well, I mean, never really left the hospital, but um, you were you were telling that did I was gonna say actually that this scene that they had together, yeah. There's a moment during the wedding where um they're gonna take a wedding picture, but Michael's not there yet, and uh Don Vito looks around and he says, "Where's Michael? Oh, we can't take it without Michael," and he just like stops the whole thing. He will not take the family picture without Michael there. And then they retake it later after Michael arrives. In that moment, I was like, okay, is Michael his favorite? I can't tell. But this moment when they're in the hospital together and he starts crying and he's smiling at him, mm. I knew like, okay, this is his favorite son. Like this is his probably his favorite person in the whole world. Yeah. So it was um, a really moving moment. And then uh, Michael goes out front and... Enzo is just standing on the steps and he tells him to put his hand in his pocket like he's holding a gun because he knows that people are going to show up. Right. And he flips his collar up. Th- that's one of those moments that felt so familiar to me. Like this is something that I've I haven't seen this before, but it just feels momentous, you know? Yeah. The way that he like he throws the flowers over the stairs and then. Pops pops both of their collars up mm-hmm. and tells them, put your hand in your pocket like you're holding a gun. And then he, as the car's going by, reaches like he's going to grab a gun out of his uh, jacket. It just felt so like this is a mobster movie. Yeah, but for sure. I was so in it, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So. Okay. And um, the car rolls up and then... They're, they're like, okay, well, it looks like they're packing, so we're not going to do this right now. So they drive off. And then really quickly after that, the cops show up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they called the cops and were like, hey, we can't do the job. There's a couple men outside guarding. That's probably what happened. Or the cops were just like around the corner or something because the cops showed up so fast. Well, obviously, they were nearby. Yeah. But... um. The they cop- probably knew what was going to go down there, so they're just waiting for it to happen so they could clean up after. Well, they did know because the one cop was crooked. Like the one, like the right. chief is the one who told everybody to leave. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they were obviously nearby for a reason. Yeah, that's what that car that drove by. I'm pretty sure they just like alerted them and were like, "Oh, we can't go in." Mm-hmm. And then, um, so the cop brings them down, and he. He's wanting to. He's not just a cop either. He's a police chief. Yeah, he's a chief. He's wanting to arrest Michael. He punches him in the face. Just punch it like hold him up, and then he punches him. He's like, "You have no idea what you're talking about. If I want to clear at this hospital, I'll clear at this hospital." Blah 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 blah. And then as he's about to arrest Michael, um, the back, fam shows yeah, up. Yeah, the family shows up, and um, the lawyer, yeah, uh, Tom, Tom says. Hey, you guys got to go because I have private bodyguards. And if right. you want to go to court about it in the morning, then go ahead and resist me. Yeah, basically, he's like, he's like, we got private security. They have license to carry arms. If you want to do something about it, you have to go get a court order from a judge. Mm-hmm. And then the cops like, mm, shucks, all right, let's go, he guys. Calls everybody off. Yeah. 
And then meanwhile, the next scene is like of the family house and Sonny's in charge at this point and he has the whole place gunned up like mm. a fortress. I think they actually make a comment that it looks like a fortress. Yeah, yeah, there's a comment in there about that. And this is the meeting on what to do next. Right. And we kind of skipped over the drug deal. Like him turning them down. Basically what like the mean? I mean we talked about it very briefly, but we really skimmed over the the meeting that they had um with the guy that Michael ends up shooting, who was that? Solozo? I talked about that. Okay. A little, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't go into detail about it, but that's partially because when we were watching the movie, it was so early on. I like I didn't really realize that this guy was going to be such a big player in the movie. You know, Everybody I, was. Yeah, I, but, you know, there's some meetings and he was doing some stuff with people that we never saw again. So the, Well, that's true. This particular time, I wasn't, like, paying. I f- okay, well, I attention. was, and I felt like... Um, this was the first part where we kind of this this scene is important because it establishes like the bad guy quote unquote but it also shows you what uh Don Vito and Sonny's relationship is yeah. because there's a part where Sonny speaks out of turn and after everyone has left he says Sonny come here like what are you doing don't ever don't ever tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking yeah Again. Well, he's still, like, I think part of it, too, is, like, like he, um, there's a constant, like, he's teaching them the family business. He is teaching them, but he he's makes a comment later, too, that, um, or maybe it's in the same meeting, that he should be listening and not speaking. Yeah, we kind of learned that Sonny is a bit, like... Out of everybody in the family, Sonny's a little bit of a loose cannon. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because when he's in charge, things get kind of crazy. Yeah. And you can tell that everybody's a little tense because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they're meeting on what to do. And this leads to Michael bringing up the idea, because somebody mentions that they want to have a meeting with Michael. Right. And Michael's like, like, look, I could go to this meeting and I could kill them. And they're like, ha, funny. You know who you're talking about, though, right? The the one he's supposed to meet with is the same person yeah, 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 that yeah. tried to make the drug deal and then yeah. was disappointed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just said somebody, and I'm like, it's not just somebody. Well, I know. I just We got a lot to go through. What is that character's name? Solozo? Yeah. Okay. Solozo. You even corrected me the first time I said it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, it's a long I know, movie, you're trying to get through the movie. And we're already an hour and 10 minutes into it. It's probably going to be a two hour podcast. Oh, oh man. Um, so this is the point where Michael wants to, wants to, like, he's stepping up. He's like, here, I'll do this. And they're, at first, they're like, laughing about it like what that's not you what are you talking about right they're laughing but the and they're like don't don't make it like this isn't personal it's business Mm -hmm. and then he goes on to explain how yeah no yeah it is business Mm -hmm. basically (laughs) and so they're like all right man i guess this is what we're gonna do 
Well, Tom definitely, like, from the start when they laugh at him, he's like, dude, don't laugh. He's serious. Like, yeah. he has this look on his face like, don't laugh at him. Yeah. Um. And, we, and you can tell he's serious and he means it. And, like, it's a plan that you kind of figure will work when you're hearing it. So mm-hmm. the fact that they laugh at him even seems a little, like, out of place to me. Even though it's just because he's the younger brother. It's it's yeah, it's he's the younger brother, but he's also the army vet and the guy who's been away for a long time. Right. And um but then we move on to basically like the montage scene of them going over the plan. It's not a montage scene, but it's them going over the plan step by step, what to do with the gun, you know, this how the gun, like it's untraceable. Right when you shoot let that whole scene slide. is just them like planning the murder. It's planning the murder, but also planning, like, okay, where is it going to be? Like, we need where to where are we going to leave the gun? Yeah, yeah where are we going to leave the gun? You know, stuff like like they're going, they're going over the plan, which was my note. Yeah, and they it, go over it thoroughly, and then when he needs to carry it out, exactly what they talked about happens. Yeah, and it's like. Um, kind of brutal. Yeah. So they find out they find out pretty lat like an hour beforehand where the meeting's actually going to be at. I want to say too this this scene has been sticking out to me, but it, there's a very quick scene with just Michael and is it Barzini? Who's the the um bodyguard that kind of takes over? Clem- Clemenza. Uh, no, Clemenza. Wait. Yeah, it is Clemenza. It was Clemenza. like in this scene right here that you're talking about, right? Yeah, that scene. I brought up like... <laughs> he's like, he's showing him the gun and telling him how to use it. Yeah. But that scene stuck out to me because of a particular line. And that's when he's telling him... Um, You know, he's saying, is it going to be bad? Like, what will it be like basically to kill somebody? And he says... Yeah, it'll be bad. Like he says it so nonchalantly in like a comforting way. It's like scary. Well, <laughs> but I took it more of like basically is it going to be like killing somebody in such a public place like that? I think he was because asking specifically about he, like the brutal br- brutality of it. Yeah, but Michael was in World War Two. He's killed people. That's true. Like even Sonny at one, like Sonny at one point, but not was up like, close like yeah, that. Yeah, Sonny at one point was like, it's different when you're holding a gun to somebody's head than shooting somebody at long range. Right. So. But that wasn't the the uh, the line that's actually been sticking out in my head was the line when he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, all the other families are going to come after us, but that's fine. It needs to happen every. <laughs> yeah. He's every like, 10 years or so. Yeah, he's like, this happens. And he's That's like, you business. know, it needs to happen every five to 10 years. And last time it happened was 10 years ago. So it's time for another war. Yeah, he seems so nonchalant about it. So. Yeah, he's just like comforting him. And it's like, so, so the balance of like where the lines are in this movie is kind of crazy. And people's characters are just so deep and... There's yeah. just that feeling of like, yeah, you're about to murder some people, but it's no big deal. It's part of the life, right? Yeah. 
There's and just something like, like 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 this guy shot like had his dad shot in the back five times. Right. But you know, so it's like it's not Wait, like what? Like the reason part the reason, the reason why they're doing this because they try to kill Vito. Right. And they're going to keep trying to kill Vito. You're what I'm saying though is just how they all the conversations in this movie stick with you because of the I don't know just the quality of them like how real they feel yeah yeah it's really it, it is like like it's, it, it's shot in a way where you feel like you're listening in onto these people's conversations exactly yeah that's what I'm trying to say um, and the content is just so disturbing mm-hmm. and then uh, quite pretty quickly it's time for the meeting uh, Michael goes out Hops in the car, they frisk him in the car, and right? They're, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, sorry." The cops like, "Sorry, sorry, I sucker punched you in the face." Oh, you understand though, right? Mm-hmm. No hard feelings. Now let me uh, frisk you while the car is moving. I want to say too that cop is like super hateable the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. No redeeming, nothing redeeming with that character at all. <laughs> um, and then we're at the meeting. And they're talking, and you could just see the look on Michael's face the whole time, like. All he's thinking about is what he's about to do. Yeah, but it's also like a look of hate on his face. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what you're saying at all. Like, I'm not listening to you at all. Mm -hmm. He's just amping himself up. Mm -hmm. And then I make the note in here about about them speaking Italian. With there being no subtitle, you know, he tells the cop, he's like, hey, we're going to speak in Italian. Is that okay with you? And the cop's like, yeah, do what you need to do. And he's just sitting there eating. Right. And, and the audience has no idea what's happening, but and here's we a read part, it earlier. Here's a part where I took note. They So he goes into, he's like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. They make the, the plan that they're going to hide the gun behind the tank of the toilet in the bathroom. He goes in there to get it. And then he comes out. And you see him looking at them. He kind of pauses. There's a moment where you don't know if he's going to do it or not. Yeah, yeah. You he, don't know if he's just going to sit down at the table. Well, he does. Mm-hmm. He go. He he goes and sits down. And my next note is, goes, oh, he couldn't go through with the plan. And on my next note after that is, never mind. Because <laughs> they're sitting at the table. Because the plan was it for him. It happens so fast. Yeah, the plan was for him to walk out of the bathroom, shoot them right when he walks out of the bathroom, drop the gun and just leave. But he goes and sits down, talk a little bit more, and then he just bang, bang. Wouldn't the cop have had a gun on him? It just, it all happened so fast. Yeah, it did. You know? And they frisked him. Yeah, they, f- they frisked so him before they he fr- went into the bathroom. Yeah, they frisked him in again. the car. And so to them, nothing was, you know, they were safe. Right. And they're in a location where nobody knew where they're at. You know, because they had a couple tails on them when they were going to the location. That's why he spun out like he did the U-turn on the bridge to lose them. Like that, all that was done on purpose. And the tails knew that was going to happen, I think so. But they this already scene, knew the meeting was going to This scene kind of makes me feel yucky. Like him shooting, when he shot the cop and he just stood there for, because he shot him in the neck first. That was so, it was scary. Some of the deaths in this this movie are like really traumatizing. Yeah. And I was telling Sean, 
at one point we had to pause it and we'll get there but i told him like i don't think i would sit through this movie if it weren't for the podcast yeah because it's hard for me that. to watch mm-hmm. um because i can't always handle that much violence and i actually like especially graphic violence Right, where they're showing everything and you're seeing people's expressions. Like, it really disturbs me. You know, it's a lot different than, like, violence in, like, a comic book movie or something. Right. Anyway, we'll get Uh, to that scene, but... Okay, my next note is they dead. Yep. We killed them. We see a picture of somebody smiling over their bodies later. Well, we get, like, this montage. What was that? We get this montage. It looked like those were cops. Okay. Because you kind of saw that kind of thing back in the day where, like, Cops hated, uh, clean cops hated mobsters and stuff like that, right? So you'd see them posing with their dead bodies sometimes and smiling and stuff like that. That's a real thing. Yeah. But we see this montage of a bunch of like headlines and pictures of like people getting killed and stuff. So my next note was like, okay, so this, to me, I interpreted that as like, okay, the mob war has begun. Right. I was almost thinking too. Is like, are were those some pictures real during that montage? Oh, I don't think so. You think that they're all for the movie? Yeah, it would have been in the some trivia. Some of them looked really real. They did look super real. Like really. Real. Even like some when the bodies in the movie, when you saw the bodies, they looked real too. Yeah. Um, aside from the red blood, but but there were some. Because, you know, in real life, blood turns brown after a while. After a while, yeah. But they're... Anyway, some of the pictures are like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. You know? Um, And then we get that scene, after this montage, we get that scene of the Godfather returning home where he put the weights under the bed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they carried him up the stairs. Yeah. And they're filling him on what's going on. And... This is the part where, like, he seems upset. Like, when he finds out that Michael was the one who went through with that. Right. He's, he's upset. He waves everybody they, off. They kind of waited to tell him. Yeah. Like, nobody wanted to be the one to tell mm-hmm. him. Because they don't know what he's going to do. And then this is when we catch up with Michael in Italy. Right. Michael goes to Sicily. Yeah. And... I got to be honest with you, Anna. Do you think they filmed it in Italy? Oh, yeah. It looked like it. Yeah. And, uh, like, they're just out for a walk, right? But when they're in Italy, this is the point of the movie when I was like, this this movie is something special. Really? That's when it hit me. When he's walking through the orchards? When Yeah, when he's just doing his thing in Italy. And like he comes across a girl and he gets thunderstruck. Yeah. Right. They use that. But she was like, so beautiful. Italy. Like, like we're talking about how everything felt like you're almost looking into these people's lives. Mm-hmm. When they're in Italy, I got hit with that the most. Everything just felt so authentic. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot going on aside from him. Like, you know, he gets married He's kind of like in a quiet life situation aside from needing to move from place to place to avoid being found. Yeah. But. Yeah. So. In, so it, it does feel really real because there's just not a lot just, of plot it's qu- there. It's like a, it's a complete change of pace from the from the what has been happening in the movie. Right. And there's this there's almost like this question of like, is he going to be done with the mob life now? 
because he he meets that girl and then he marries her and they start a life together i know i'm i'm kind of fast forwarding but there's this feeling of like okay this is a good life that he can have and i feel like if she hadn't died he would have stayed there yeah I don't think he ever would have come home even well, when he was no, supposed I th- to. I think he would have brought her wherever he needed to go because they were leaving. And that's how, you know. But I also, but, I feel like he loved her enough that like he wouldn't have wanted that life for her. Maybe. I feel like he wanted, you know, he's teaching her how to drive. They're hanging out all the time. Yeah. He really loved her. So. And if you really love somebody, you don't lead a life like that. Yeah. But let's. Let's rewind just a little bit to Michael wanting to meet her after being thunderstruck. But that's something I really wanted to discuss. Well, I know, but you're skipping ahead like a decent amount. I'm just talking about the idea of it, though. Like, just talk with Indulge me for a few. Okay. Well, about him, like, because he loved her so much. I got the film that he would do whatever his family did, no matter who he was married to. I don't think so. Because they were leave like her getting into the car where it was them leaving to go somewhere else. But he didn't want her to go with her with him because he didn't think it would be safe. She wasn't supposed to be in the car at all. Right. But then they're like, Oh, she's gonna surprise you with the car. But to be honest too, like everything that happened in the relationship that we saw happened so fast that but he I like don't know how much he, he had a really formal courtship her. with her, with her family watching and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. There's definitely something there, but I don't know if it would be like he would sacrifice his family to be with her, kind of deal. Not sacrifice them, but just like live a clean life and go home for visits, like his dad wanted for him. Yeah, I don't know. I have I, no idea. I just I don't see him be- overtaking the Godfather role if he if she had stayed alive. Because I mean, from from what you're originally saying, you felt like from the very beginning he knew that he wanted to be part of that fam like part of that role. Right. There's part of him that did, but not not at this time. Like not in this separate life in this separate country. I, I think for me is we got so little from her that I have no idea. Because there wasn't a lot between the two of them to see their chemistry or anything like that. You know, there was the scene with them walking and then the scene with him teaching her how to drive. And that was it. No. We saw him court her with with her whole family following them. Yeah, that was the walking part. We saw them at dinner and he gave her the necklace. Again, they were sitting across the table from each other and he was talking to her dad. I'm just saying between the two of them, we didn't get a lot of time. Like we saw her boobs. Yeah. I know you're you're like grouping this whole. Okay. Michael wanted me and his daughter gold chain from the dinner. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't just a chain. It was a necklace. Yeah. The the gold necklace. Yeah. They go on a walk. Meanwhile, we jump back to New York and then this is where we get the, the daughter's husband beating her right his sister michael's sister do well, we he, ever find out what her name is uh yeah she has a name um, uh connie connie right isn't that her no no it's uh uh sandra no is it connie yeah 
Oh yeah, you're right. It is Connie. I told I you she what, got what, plastic what? surgery. <laughs> her IMDb TV picture does not look like um, her. So no, this is the part where like Mike or Sunny goes over there. Her face is bruised up, and then so and my note here is like this dude really is hitting the Godfather's daughter. We'll see how this ends. And then the next thing is Sonny beating him up in the middle of the street. And then... Right, and that scene was not choreographed well. That was probably one of the worst fight scenes in the movie. It was the worst one. Because you could obviously see the punches coming short by like a foot Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, But the reality of it was still like it landed. Even though yeah, it was yeah. not a great fight scene, it still landed really oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. And the bystanders watching again. There's, like, children that were playing in the street stop to watch. and Every, Just dead silence. Everybody watching them fight. Right. And Basically. nobody's intervening because the bodyguards are holding them back. Yeah. They're, like, walking around making sure nobody gets close. And then we cut back to Italy. And then my next one was, oh, dang, they got married quick. Because he still has the bruise on his face from when the cop punched him. Right. That confused both of us because his face is messed up for a long time, it feels like. It feels like it's well, like a couple months. You know, I was, th- I was, you know, part of me was like, okay, how much time has passed? But after he got hit, I think Sonny, somebody within his circle mentioned how, like, yeah basically said he got his jaw broken mm-hmm. so it was like like bone da- there's more damage in there than just like a bruise mm-hmm. which would make sense of why it took so long like that's true why it could take as long as it did to heal it yeah, still I- seemed like a lot happened before that healed i've broken just toes before and it took like two months to heal yeah so so they get married real quick, and then we go to the wedding night, which you mentioned. Right. They kind of skipped over their wedding. Yeah, it was like a like they did a quick scene of them, very like, like, very quick. The quick scene of like them leaving the chapel, then everybody like sitting in a circle and them handing stuff out to people. And then we get the very slow scene of them kissing and her taking her shirt off. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> and then we go back to New York and then we find out that Michael had never actually broke up with his New York GF. Like they're still in a relationship. Like as far well, as she knows, they're still in a relationship. Yeah. Like there's been no like correspondence between I was under the all. impression that she never even knows he was married to someone else. No, exactly. That's what I'm like, saying. Like not ever. A- ever. She never knows. Yeah. He never tells her. No, never tells her. Um Nobody does. Other people knew, but nobody told her. And then... There's so, a scene where she goes to the house looking for him. Yeah, yeah, that's this scene right here. That's yeah. when I, why I wrote this, because she goes there. She's like, can you just give him this letter? And Tom's like, I can't take that letter, because then it'll show that I know where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, And then he invites her inside, and she goes inside, and then that scene's kind of over with. And then we go to the daughter's house and this is the point where her and the husband get in a big fight and he's he, calling her the daughter her name is connie connie sorry they i don't even remember She's, them using her name in the movie they did anyway connie. Um, so they go to we go to connie's house and her husband is like my note is they're fighting and 
really guy with a question mark like you're whipping with your belt the like you know who her dad is you know who her family is Mm -hmm. like what is happening here well what happens even a thing what happens is that she made him dinner and it's like a nice dinner. We see it and it's like he she set her. up the table. He asked he told her to make him dinner. Yeah. She comes in to tell him dinner's ready and it's getting cold and he says, I'm not gonna eat here, I'm leaving. And she had just got off the phone with somebody saying, Oh, I can't make it tonight. Will you tell him? And it's another woman. And mm-hmm. so she's upset already because she just has confirmation that he's been cheating on her. And well, I think she knew she said while they're finding like you've brought her to our house or something like that. Yeah, she knew. But this is confirmation. She just talked to her on the phone. Of course, yeah. she's upset. And yeah. she's like nine months pregnant. Huge. Yes. yes. And like you can see her belly button like it's she's pregnant. And um, so she tells him dinner's ready. And he says, I don't I'm leaving. And she says, you just told me to make you dinner. And he's like, well, like, go clean it up or something like that. She goes in the kitchen and starts breaking dishes. She's so upset. So and he, upset. he yells at her while she's doing it and, like, demeans her and then says, like, t- yells at her to clean it up. And she she's not going to clean it up, obviously, and he won't talk to her about anything. Um, so that's when he takes off his belt and starts beating her with it and she's running around the house and grabs a knife and says she's going to stab him and he's he's saying oh yeah you're going to stab me and she's saying I'll do it I'll do it and then he chases her into the bathroom and we see the door close and we hear her screaming mm-hmm. and that scene was it, him hitting her with his belt even was just like he hits her on the stomach Yeah, like he hits their child and this is the scene afterwards where you're like, I have to take a break. Yeah. When once that ended and it switched, I was like, I need some air because yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was really just like too real. Yeah. And when he's hitting her with the belt, it really looks like he is. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah, it was a very real scene and the acting was all the acting in this movie is so good. It's very believable. Yeah, we get um, right after this scene, we get um, Sonny getting a phone call from Connie about what happened. And he's like, no, wait there. I'm on my way. And, you know, from the confrontation earlier, Sonny was like, if you ever touch my sister again, I'll kill you. Yeah. So, but. At this point, too, I think she's calling him for help because she doesn't know what to do and she's like my husband's gonna kill me yeah you know but curveball all of a sudden Sonny gets stopped at like a at a uh, toll booth and a bunch of cars roll up and just blast him and kill him there weren't cars they were in the booth there was a couple people in booth and a couple cars pulled up too and then they drove off that's how everybody got away oh yeah yeah, that scene happened so fast. And they shot him a whole bunch of times. Like, mm. there's no living through that. So, at this point, you're kind of thinking, okay, 
at least I was kind of thinking, okay, the husband had something to do with this in order for them to ambush. And like, that's why that happened. But I know, know I didn't, sure. I didn't put that together that, that until later. My head because it was too coincidental for an ambush like that. Right. They just have, happened out of the blue. They would have had to have known he was coming. Yeah. And then, um, and then we cut to Vito learning about what happened to Sonny. And he's like, okay, we got to meet. We got to have a meeting with the five families because this needs to stop. And then this is when he calls in the favor from the very beginning of the movie with the... Uh, um, the funeral director. Yeah, the funeral director. And he brings Sonny to him. And he's like, can't have his wife or mother... His mother can't have his mother seem like this. Mm-hmm. And then we get the line of look, look at how they massacred my boy, which is a line that I recognized. Yeah, it was, I'm just like, I'm just, I like don't have words because of the magnitude of that whole thing situation like it was um pretty heavy yeah um he starts crying mm -hmm. yeah you could tell that there was a lot of love there even though michael obviously you know it's been established that michael's his favorite and sunny we learned early on that sunny was basically like an adopted son but there's definitely a lot of love there and um we cut back to italy and then this is when we cut back to Michael teaching his wife how to drive. And he very quickly, he quickly finds out about Sonny dying. Like, he's like, I don't know who he is there. Who's that guy there? Like his handler there or whatever. Who's kind of like keeping him in the loop of what's going on in New York. That was, uh, um, what's his name? That same bodyguard. No, it wasn't. This is a different guy. This guy lives in Italy. Oh. Yeah. Um, but in either case, he shows up and he's like, hey, this happened. Your brother's dead. So we got to move you. I need a break. Oh. Okay. And so at this point, he wants, he needs to be moved again for his safety because they say it's no longer safe there. And, um, he wants his wife to stay, but she wants to surprise him by driving herself or driving she's, them there. She's supposed to be in a separate car going back to her father's house. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so Michael starts going out towards the car and then he sees somebody walking off. Who was that? It was his bodyguard. It was one of the bodyguards. Yeah. And he's supposed to be I thought it, I, going with them. Yeah. I thought it was, but I was kind of like, what? because he was, because the whole time he was dressed a certain way, but during that one scene, he was dressed differently. So it kind of threw me off a little bit, I guess. Um, and then Michael realizes what's about to happen and she starts a car up and boom. Yeah. Blown up. It's almost like he was like using her as bait in a way. Well, I don't think she wasn't meant to be in that car and he knew that 
Right. So it was like he didn't do his job. And so like they killed her on purpose. No. They were trying to kill him, but they were going to let her die with him on purpose. Because if they were really doing their job, they would have protected her and they didn't. Well, I mean, I don't know what they could have done to protect her. I don't think they cared. They just all that they cared about was Michael being in the car. Mm hmm. They're just killing Michael. That's all they cared about. Right. But that's so much so that they were just going to let her die, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. could have insisted that she ride in a separate car. They could have forced her to go home. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. I think at that point when you're blowing up cars and killing people, it's kind of like, well, who's ever in there? Who's ever in there? Yeah. Um, and then we move to the meeting of the heads of the families. The peace meeting. The peace meeting. And Vito's was like, look, guys, his son's dead. My son's dead. Like, can we just get over this? And they're like, no, we need our drugs. He's like, fine. Do your drug thing. Right. I just don't want to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to be part of it. Now, can we just have some peace? This is basically how it went in a nutshell. But then he, at this point, he realizes that that uh, the one dude was actually in charge the whole time. Right. While we were watching it, I got confused at that part. Do you remember who it was? I think that that was um, that that was Soloso's dad. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's who that, that was. That makes sense. Yeah, so that's why he was like, he lost, like, I lost a son, he lost a son. You know, this war is not going to bring any of them back, blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. So my next peace talks went well. And then my next note is a year later, I guess. If there's one thing this movie didn't do was let you know when time has passed. I kind of liked that about it. But it's definitely a mood. It's like a thing. Um, the way that time passes, you're kind of questioning yeah, exactly when things which are happening. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If I have, if I'm watching a movie and I'm like, wait, like as I'm actively watching a movie, I'm like, wait, what years? Like, what did time pass? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Because at that point, I'm I'm well, taken they, out of the movie. They establish it with the dialogue because we know a year has passed because uh, the next scene is. Um, Michael talking to to K, but that part doesn't happen. And he's immediately. He know. says, um, "She asks. She asks, like, how long have you been back? And he's like, a year, maybe longer. Yeah. So it's supposed to be vague. And at this point, though, he's like, "Hey, I want you back." He just shows up and like, "Let's get married." Oh my god, I hated this conversation so much because. He's like, he's like, hey, I've been gone for a year. I know. And she's like, it's been so, it's been too long. It's been too long. And he's like, I need you. Yeah. I just need you. Mm -hmm. And then she gets in the car with him and goes, even though she was just like watching a bunch of kids. Yeah, she ditches all the kids. That was my next (laughs) note. Wasn't she, wasn't she watching the kids? Yeah. Like what? I thought she was like a teacher or something. Like what was happening there? And then she just goes with him. Mm -hmm. That conversation was so bad. And his face was like stoic and not even 
emotional at all. Yeah, that might be one of the most like awkward parts of the whole movie. If I was her, I would not have gone with him. I would have been like, you're tripping. Yeah. This is not okay. We are not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need me? Like, what even is that? Throughout this entire movie, we never hear him say that he loves her. Nope. Not even, even early in the movie, she says, I love you, and he won't say it back. Right. Yeah. On the phone. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uh, I keep forgetting their names because there's a lot of them. Who? The bodyguard. He makes fun of him Clemenza? when he says. Was it Clemenza? Yeah. Or was it a different one? Clemenza makes fun of him for not saying he loved her. Yeah. Um. So then we then we learn that Michael is now in charge after some time has passed. Like Vito is taking a step back, and Michael is now running things. And there's a uh, some changes in management with the family. Mm-hmm. The family business. Michael's making some changes. Vito is. Whoa! What was that? This picture slid down. Vito is uh helping other people transition into Michael being in charge. Yeah. And then this was kind of a, at first I was like, what's he doing here? Because he made the brother-in-law like have a significant role. He told the brother-in-law he was going to be a second. Yeah. Like second in command. Yeah. I think, I mean, we learned that that was we, just bait to yeah, keep him there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, Which, yeah, because I, because quickly after that, we still see Tom with him all the time. Right. And during that meeting, though, he's basically like, Tom, you're out. Mm-hmm. But Tom's still with him all the time. So I, I, for a minute when we're watching, I was kind of like, why is, what, did I miss something? Like, why is Tom still there? Right. Um, did he ever leave? Like, did they need him? Or was that whole meeting just a hoax to get the brother-in-law to feel comfortable? I feel like it was just a hoax to get the brother-in-law to feel comfortable. I think you're right. And we were watching it from his perspective. Yeah. Like we're confused. Uh, and then we cut to, and then we jumped to Vegas and then there's this whole Vegas scene um, where Michael's like, Hey, I'm going to buy, I, I'm buying a casino from you. And the guy's like, well, you can't come in here by my casino. I don't care who you are. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounded like. <laughs> My money casino. There's Vegas. You don't come to Vegas and boss me around. And then, and then Michael's brother, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you coming in here? Like, and then, I don't know, I'm right. sorry. It's, I'm, I'm it kinda, is then established that he has bit, an older brother that yeah. I don't remember seeing. He's been around a little bit, but I don't ever remember them saying that he was the older brother. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, um, he did at that point, though. Yeah, at that point he did. But he also told him, don't ever take, like, like I know you're my older brother, but don't ever take sides against the family again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, yeah, that whole scene was like, the whole scene took place in like one room. Mm-hmm. And it was all about Michael coming to try to buy the casino. Is we, you know, we're introduced to the guy who owns the casino, which we see him later on, like one more time. But, um, and then also in Vegas, this is where Michael tells Johnny it's time for him to pay back his favor. 
and he basically needs to sign a contract to perform at their at their casino, at their casino, and get some. That of his they're Hollywood, trying to buy. Yeah, get some of his Hollywood buddies to do it. So that's kind of okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Five times a year is kind of a lot. Uh, yeah, but when you live in LA, that's like a two and a half, three hour long drive. It's not that bad. Yeah. You know, the, the commute from LA to Vegas isn't terrible. It's like you know, three hours. Okay. If you're driving kind of fast, I believe. I mean, he's rich. He has his own plane. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not bad. He's probably like, huh, I got off easy with this one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the expression that was on his face. Yeah. Like, it was definitely like, oh, that's what you want me to do? Sure. And then we have have another time jump. Because then we see Michael, Kay, and their son in the back of a car. Mm -hmm. And so, at this point, they have like a, what, a three, four-year-old. Yeah. Um, they go to Vito's house. Michael and Vito have a talk in the backyard where Vito's is kind of like, it's almost like their last kind of real talk about the business and stuff. Yeah. And I think at the, I think during this talk too, Vito tells him like, he, I think this is when you really learned that he didn't want Michael. Yeah. He he didn't want him to take over his role. Yeah. He tells him like I thought you'd be a senator, or something else. Yeah, yeah. And Michael just tells him, "Well, there's still time for that. Maybe yeah. I will." Well, when Michael's in Vegas, he talks about part of his why he wants to buy the casino and stuff because he talks about wanting to go clean. Which mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is real or not, but isn't he telling his wife that? Yeah, he's telling his wife that he's telling. He's telling her. That. He's telling people like in five years. Yeah. Everything will be clean. I don't think that's totally true, though. Nah. I feel like... I can't remember who he said that to, but whoever he was talking to, it felt like a lie. Yeah. Um. So, they're having this backyard talk, and, but this is also the part where Vito's kind of like one last godfather type thing where he's like, he's like, this is going to happen. You're going to be set up. They're going to try to assassinate you. Right. He just calls it. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, um... Tessio is the traitor. He tells him the person who contacts you to set up the meeting is the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So. So he doesn't know at that point that it's Tessio. We don't find that out until the funeral. I thought at the very end of that conversation, as he's getting up and walking away, I thought he said Tessio by name. I think you might be right. Um, But we know for sure when... He's the one that tries to set up the meeting. Yeah. Um, but before the funeral, we get Vito playing with the grandson in the backyard in the garden. Mm-hmm. And he ends up dying. He scares him. The grandson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the fake teeth thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But then he plays around with them. He's running around playing. They're laughing. And then, assumingly, he has a heart attack. Either that or he like choked on the thing. No, I assume that he had a heart attack because it kind of looked like. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of just falls down and dies. Yeah. That's, he starts coughing a lot. Yeah. That's why I was kind of assuming that. Then we cut to the funeral. The funeral is a very weird funeral. Michael just. He's just like watching everyone <laughs> for obvious reasons, you know. Can I just say when he died. I feel like in all, in all of these scenes where something's like 
negatives happening. Yeah. There's always like a, there's a shot that's like from far away and you can see the whole scene like every time. Yeah. But this one was really interesting because it's just like a garden scene and we just see his body laying among the crop. It's like a a little small orchard. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little, little garden in the back. And there's like the little kid like running around playing still like not he's just he's not totally getting it and then you see him get it and he runs yeah out of the shot to go get some help yeah that scene was like it's just one of those ones that's like so real yeah i and every time there was that like backed out shot where it's like this is the whole scene in front of you just lingered on it Yeah, yeah so good that's why I I liked this movie. That's why I was excited to talk about it because it's just like it really puts you in it, and it's like terrifying but great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, funeral scene. There's business being held at the funeral. This is when he tries to set up when he goes to set up the meeting. Tessio pulls him aside and meeting set up and everything and then we cut to the baptism and the oh my gosh this scene this is this scene felt so familiar this is this scene i'm like have i seen this before it but there's no way i could have i never would have watched something like this when i was a kid yeah so the baptism is like interlaced with a bunch of other like are they like were they the heads of the other families or yeah it was all the heads of yeah, the other all, families yeah getting murdered right they're well including the casino guy this is the other only other time we see him right yeah and we see all of them we see all of their deaths he's the guy with the hairy back and it's cutting between their deaths individually and um the baptism Michael getting sworn in as as the godfather. the godfather of his sister's next son. Yeah. So now um, he's the godfather. And while he's like, he's literally like in church saying he pledges, like he believes in God and all this stuff. And then while he's there, like that's his cover for all the murder that is he's had done. Yeah. <laughs> right at the I same mean, time. Like mm-hmm. that's literally his alibi. He was, he was at a baptism. But everybody else is out there killing for him. Yeah. It's like the ultimate gross thing. I don't know. I'm I guess I'm short on words tonight. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel this kind of winding down. I mean, we are almost at the two hour mark. Yeah. This is a bit just like the movie. It's a bit of a marathon. But there's there's shots of them again in this part in the montage of like their bodies after they're dead. Yeah. And it's like a picture. Mm-hmm. That yeah. still like there's a couple of them that really yeah, stood out de- to me and like, they're still in my head. Every single time there's a death, he just lingers on it, even if it's for a few seconds. Even if it's just like a picture, yeah. like it looks like a picture. Yeah, exactly. It's still just like um, in my head. And then after the baptism. He's told, 
he you know somebody comes up and like whispers to him and you see okay yeah he's told everything went down and then he he's confronting the daughter's husband and he's like are you the reason why Sonny got killed right like right afterwards he calls yeah. him into his office and says he doesn't even say that he says you have to answer for Sonny yeah like that's those are the words he uses he he outs that he knows what happened yeah and he tells him everybody else that he was conspiring with is dead mm-hmm. and this is when once he once he knows like oh crap you killed all of them you're he's like you're gonna kill me yeah he starts crying and he's like no i wouldn't i'm not gonna make you know my my new godson uh an orphan an orphan and my sister a widow yeah and then so he's like here's a here's a plane ticket he tells him he wants to go to him to go to to vegas and yeah. that he's out of the business yeah you're gonna go to vegas you're out of the business but when he gets in the car it's the old old string around the neck yeah and what a way to end no the movie's not done here but was being one of the final shots of that scene where he's kicking through the window mm-hmm. and the camera's just stationary on the car while the car starts to drive off and he's kicking through the window and then his it just like ends again with that lingering shot of his foot just right you know just that so his body is just still but the car's moving still and yeah it's scary and it's like um i don't know i don't know why that part is surprising at this point but when you're watching it it is yeah like it was not expected i think part of it is like just the way that that scene was shot Mm -hmm. for me at least was like like he breaks the window with his feet he's kicking so hard but the camera doesn't move at all yeah and his foot looks like it's like an inch away from the camera and he's kicking and kicking and yeah just the way it sits and ends yeah it's just another one of those shots but then we get connie what i don't know why but as i'm picturing that scene i'm like seeing it in black and white in my head it was a very it was muted yeah very muted there wasn't many colors there for sure yeah Yeah. because it was such a tight shot Mm -hmm. of like the windshield and he's wearing like jeans and his bottom of his boots you know there just wasn't a lot of color there for sure uh then we get connie coming He's, I, we kind of skipped over just that, like, obviously Michael knows about him beating his sister too. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, it's, it's because of Sonny's death, but it's also because of the sister situation. I forget exactly what happens if there's anything or this just happens, but Connie finds out that he's dead. And she knows. And she knows it's Michael. She gets, she goes to Michael. She's pissed off at him. Like, how could you do this? Especially like on the day of. My son's baptism. Yeah, she says you waited until our father was dead, so you would have nobody to stop you from killing him. Yeah, and then you took my husband away, and mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't think about me at all. <clears throat> and, um, Kay is in the room the whole time for this conversation. Yeah, and Michael hugs his sister. And then she she starts to give in to a hug, but then she's like, no, no. Like, things are never going to be the same between them again. Yeah. And she runs out crying. And then Case turns to him and says, is it true? 
It, yeah, that's my last note. Is it true? And he's telling her, telling don't her? ask me about my business. And he just keeps repeating that. And she keeps saying, is it true? And he keeps saying, don't, I told you not to ask about my business. And then he slams his hands on the table and yells at her. And then he kind of like, he gets his breath. He sees the expression on her face and he's like, fine. This one time I'll let you ask me about my business. So she looks at him and she says, is it true? And he looks at her and relaxes a little bit and says no. Like, of course not. And then she's like, okay. Yeah, and she she hugs him and is like, okay, I guess we both need a drink. And he's obviously just lied to her and she has no idea yet, but she goes to get the drink. She sees a bunch of men come into his office and they're all congratulating him and you can tell you can't hear what they're saying but they're shaking his hands and they're smiling and she realizes that he just lied to her yeah and the look that this the movie ends with her looking at into that room and the door slowly closing and the expression on her face is so mm. purely like it's so good she's literally thinking like oh my god he just lied to me he killed that guy i wonder who else he has killed i wonder what else he has lied about does he even love me like you can see all those thoughts going through her head yeah and then the movie ends then the movie ends it's like she's even thinking like oh shit what have i gotten into there's so many thoughts going through her head and you can see them all on her face. Yeah. And there, he's looking back at her as the door closes and he knows that she knows. And that's it. Yeah. And the look he gives her back too. It's kind of like... It's like, yeah, deal with it. Pretty much, yeah. I'm never going to admit it to you. We're never going to talk about this again. It's none of your business. Which that ending is the reason that I'm like, I kind of want to see what happens next. Um, because this was a very hard movie for me to watch. But it's so good. It's so well done. It's not even a story that I would normally like. Like, I don't watch shows that are like this. I don't watch movies that are like this, really. I usually can't handle this much violence when it's like showing you all the things that are happening. But I really want to know what happens next in the story. Um, and because of the other characters, um, like the sister, Connie and Kay, and like all the women and children in their lives and that aspect of the movie that you're constantly questioning like, I kind of want to know what happens. Fair enough. Well, Anna, now it's time for our next segment. It's time for do, 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 Google Play reviews. Okay. This is going to be a short segment. And I can't explain this. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because they recently 
re-uploaded this movie to Google or something, but I only do Google Play reviews for this. There is only one Google Play review for this movie. All right, bring it on. You ready for this? Yep. Best Mafia film in the universe. Five stars. That's the only review for it. Is it the Mafia? Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mob, Mafia. I think the Mafia tomato, is tomato. like a specific mobster group. No, no. No? No. But yeah, I mean, I could see that there's like a couple five stars for and there's like one one star review, but there's no wording to them or anything. So that's it. I feel like this movie as a concept, the fact that people like this have actually existed in history who made money based on backwards politics that... Like, the whole situation is so insane. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of sinking in with me still. Like, there are real people who have existed like this and lived their lives like this. Yeah, for sure. That's a real thing that people did. Hey, Anna. Yeah? What is our five-star rating? You do yours first. I do mine first? Mm. Well, <clears throat> sometimes I hear about these classic movies that people just absolutely adore. And then I watch them and I'm like, yeah, that was good. Um, I don't know. It doesn't hold up for one reason or another. Um, this movie, like I said, once we hit Italy, I was just like, okay, I see it. And the tension of this movie, like, it's thrilling. There's tension. There's some humor. Like, I, the cinematography is beautiful. The word just, uh, it's a five star. Can we look up who the cinematographer was? It was Mr. Five Star. I feel like their name needs to be mentioned. It was... Mm, He's looking... I don't know how did let's see if I can even find there. Cinematography by Gordon Willis. Click on him. Click on him. Clicked. He did All the President's Men. He did The Godfather, Godfather Part Two. He did Manhattan. Um I like want to watch more of the cinematographer's movies now. Pennies from Heaven. Zelig. The Money Pit, ooh. Nice. Whether it was his cinematography or Francis Ford Coppola's directing, just the combination of it was awesome. And it, everything top notch in this. I mean, it got nominated for what I said, 11 Academy Awards or something like that. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I get it now, okay? Okay, everybody, I get it. Me too. What about you, Anna? What is your review? My review is um, Come on Anna 
I'm debating between four and five stars. And I'll just see you looking up cinematography stuff on, well, on it your occur- phone. It occurred to me that I might want to choose a different movie based on a cinematographer that I like. So I was just looking up their stuff. Okay. Let's... But I think... Um, I feel like I should give it five stars. Okay. But for some reason, I want to give it four stars. I think the Is reason... Is it because it's a mafia movie? No. I think the reason that I want to give it four stars is just because of how hard it was for me to watch and how like I actually almost had a panic attack while watching it. But is that also a reason to give it five stars because it was just so real? So... I, if you ask me, yeah, you were... You had those feelings. You felt like it was so real. But then today, you're like, I want to see what happens next. I've been thinking about that movie all day. Or not all day, but you're like, I've been thinking about that movie. I was thinking about and it a all day. day later. When I look at it outside the box and don't take my own account into it, it's five. But when I take it in the way that it affected me, like physically, it's four. Okay, so four stars for Mano? I'm giving it five, but with a warning. What's the warning? The warning is it might make you sick. <laughs> it might make you sick. Okay. Um, favorite character, Anna? Go. My favorite character? Oh, man. Honestly, it was the... Uh, I don't know her name, but it was his wife. The first person he married. Really? She was your favorite character? She was in like five minutes of this entire three hour long movie. He's teaching me how to drive a car. Wait, let me show you. She was so cute. That was like the only line she had in the entire movie. (laughs) Well, she was my favorite. Okay. I liked her. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What is your favorite character? Man, I don't even know. So many characters. All the characters are messed up, mm-hmm. but have redeeming qualities. Or most of them have redeeming qualities at the same time. I'm going to just go. I'm going to go with Vito. Marlon Brando's The Godfather. Yeah, I feel like other people are probably scoffing at me for my choice, too. But well, well, Yeah, but it's your choice. It's whatever. But he was he was so good. And at first, when I first, when the movie first started and you hear him talking in his godfather voice and stuff, and it's like, I've heard this uh, parodied so many times. Mm-hmm. So at, at first it was, I was, that's the only part of this movie where I was kind of hearing those parodies and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But once I got used to it and stuff, he just acted the hell out of it, man. Yeah, it was good. I honestly like didn't need to adjust to it at all. I liked it. Yeah. Um, if you really want me to choose one of the guys, I mean, just one of the core cast. You know, it doesn't have to be a guy. It could be Connie. It could be Kay. It could be whoever. Would be Tom. Tom, Robert Duvall's character. Yeah. The lawyer. Yeah. Who has one client? I'm a different kind of lawyer. 
That was a line that stood out to me, too. Yeah. He said, I'm a special kind of lawyer. Okay. I only have one client. Mm-hmm. Um, remake, like, I didn't even look this up here. Let's look this up real quick. So we're at the remake. I doubt uh, there's a remake. Sequel type thing. And we know that this is a trilogy. And there's been countless video games and stuff like that. I feel like I heard recently that there's something having to do with the Godfather coming out. Like, let me just double check real quick if it's anything worth mentioning. Just put like Godfather new release. Something like that. Hang on. I think it's something on Paramount Plus. Godfather release date. Okay, they're just coming out with making of the Godfather series. So it doesn't look like any kind of sequel-ish type thing or anything. That should be good, though. Yeah, they're doing like, it looks like, hang on. So it's called The Offer. Is it already out? The off, The Offer, The Offer. It's a dramatized... It's a dramatization of, like, the making of the movie. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like a documentary, but it's not. It's like a movie about making the movie. The 10-episode the series will follow viewer, will allow viewers to take a deep dive into the production of the movie. That's cool. But yeah, it looks like it almost looks like a um, a mini series of yeah. the making of the Godfather. That's what it looks like. That actually sounds pretty good. So, yeah, hey, we got that coming out. That could be cool. Yeah, I'd probably watch that. Sorry, I'm googling. Not googling. I'm uh, looking this up real quick on IMDb. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, yeah look who has in it. It has Miles Teller in it. Yeah, definitely. Juno Temple is in it. Giovanni Ribisi? Yeah. You know Juno Temple, right? This is one of our favorite shows. Our favorite? Yeah, Colin Hanks is in it. Nice. Yeah, she's, uh, she's in uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so there's that. That's cool. Uh, what are we currently into, Anna? Into anything? Like we said, this week's been super busy, so... The one thing I didn't mention last week that I meant to man- mention was the Thor Love and Thunder trailer came out. That was a pretty awesome trailer. It, really yeah, I'm excited that. for that. Yeah. I'm excited for some Natalie Portman. It's been a while since I've seen her in something. Yeah, she got buff. Yeah. That's a one little quick shot of her grabbing the hammer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I watched a movie. You what did you watch? Oh, I did too. Okay, yeah. Good I call. watched Good that call. Ryan Reynolds movie, The Adam Project. Yeah, The Adam Project. I really liked it. <clears throat> I thought it was great. I would recommend it. So we both watched original Netflix movies, but different ne- Netflix movies. Right. I mean, really, we have one day a week where we can watch something together, and we're using it for classic movie night. So yes. 
Unless it's a special occasion or we're going out like to the movies or something. Or if we stay up really late. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I watched Metal Lords, which stars one of the kids from the movie It. Um, It's a really, it's just a coming of age movie. It's about a couple, a couple friends who in high school are, you know, the outcasts and they want to, one of them really wants to start a metal band. The other one really doesn't care. He's just kind of doing it because his friend wants to do it. And this is kind of one of those like coming of age teen movie, like high school movies. It's cute. That's cool. Yeah. I'm probably not going to watch it. I don't, I don't regret it. I, I had fun with it. You should watch the Adam Project, though. Who, me? Mm-hmm. Probably check it out one of these nights. Yeah, that's um, good. Well, Anna, it's that time. Man, we've been going... We're two, two hours and 15 minutes in, two hours and 20 minutes in. It's a long one. It's a long one. You're welcome. And I am feeling it. I'm tired, too. Next What time is it now? 12.05 a.m. Yeah, sleepy. Yeah, we took a couple breaks. Didn't we start at like 9.30? Yeah. It's been two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Anna, it's that time. What is the movie for next week? What if I want to change it? You... Okay, here's well, the deal. I mean, I guess I could, you could think about it. I could just pause and you could think about it and I could just re-edit this ending. Well, I chose Godfather 2, but talking about this movie made me realize how hard it was for me to watch, (laughs) and now I'm second-guessing my decision. Do you have any other things on your mind? I have some leads, but I don't have a specific other movie in mind. Well, we got... I have a fallback movie that we could fall back on, and that's Singing in the Rain. We could do that if you want to change the pace, if you don't want to do Gangster two weeks in a row. I want to watch Godfather 2, but I don't think I want to watch it this week. Yeah. So let's just do Singing in the Rain. Yes. Why are you excited? Because I've never seen it. Yeah? It, it's Yeah, it's one that one that I've been wanting to watch. Like okay. Like when we talk about doing this podcast. That's one of those movies like, okay, that's one of the movies I'm looking forward to watching. Good. Yeah. Um, I have seen it and it's really good. And it's one that I've, it's been in my back pocket because it's, I've been like, we need to do this movie. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that we will have fun talking about. So I actually, I thought about doing the music man too, which you've seen, but I haven't. I, yeah, I've saw, I saw it when I was in grade school, but um, I don't know. Singing in the Rain will be good. We could do The Music Man another time. Yeah. Kind of fun to mix things up a little bit, you know, because we had that stretch where we did like three, like 70, 80 movie musicals, or not three musicals, but Little Shop of Horrors and Rocky Horror Picture Show back to back was a little much for me. Mm-hmm. So I like mixing it up a little bit. So, you know, if you want to do Godfather, I would have been cool with it, even though it's second one super long, but I'm happy with this decision. Me too. I 
yeah i just want to remind listeners like if you guys think of a movie you'd love us to watch please let us know like it would be great and it would be great if people could just like if you're listening to this right now and you like our podcast just reach out to us anyway just tell us like you're there you could comment on things yeah or uh rate it you know five stars is nice (laughs) helps with the algorithm get more people to listen i feel like i just am wanting that interaction and like if you can help us build on this go for it you know and i know as a listener you're just it's easy to just stay silent but um (laughs) and that's your job like you don't you don't have to do it but we would love it if you did i feel like we're at that point where we've been doing this for six weeks in a row now about has it been five or six weeks um five okay i want to say well okay yeah it's just like i don't know i'm ready to have some interaction Anna wants fans i don't want fans i want like feedback (laughs) yeah feedback's always nice that's why we're you know leave the reviews you know reread our google play reviews you know you can leave reviews on the itunes or on soundcloud or wherever right so yeah. Anyway, that's it, Anna. I should say too our oh. our Instagram, if that's how you want to reach out to us, it's Classic Movie Night Podcast. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We mentioned it a few times, but we didn't say what the name was. So. Yeah, I just. Yeah, didn't quite remember the full name if we had the whole thing written out or not. Mm-hmm. But no, you good? We good? Bye. The public is screaming for more. Make a musical. Sure. Make a musical. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. What do you think of it? I liked it. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. I'm singing and dancing in the rain. The show must go on.